from the 93.7 The Ticket studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Lloyd's in Lincoln with former Syracuse Orange and Long Beach State basketball star Ramel Lloyd Sr. and current Nebraska basketball athlete Ramel Lloyd Jr. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Ramel Sr. and Ramel Jr. All right, welcome into Lloyd's and Lincoln right here on 93.7 The Ticket, Ticket Weekends. I am Harrison Arns pushing the board, and then we got the host, Ramel Lloyd Jr., Ramel Lloyd Sr., here as always, making up for me not being here last weekend. But it's good to have these guys in here. How's it going, guys? Good, good, good. Good morning, good morning. Happy Sunday, as usual. Uh, had a little funny thing this morning. This guy actually beat me here to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we was both a little late regardless, <laughs> but I still won. Uh, I'm coming straight from the car right to the mic. It, that never happens. Like, I'm always like 10 to 15 minutes early. You know, <laughs> I can crack jokes over there with the boss man, DP. Uh, I pull up today and he's here. So something's going on. So that, that's a little strange for today. <laughs> are you usually pretty much on time? Or are you one of those guys that's showing up five minutes, 10 minutes early? Mm, I'm pretty much right on time. Right on I'm time. not a morning person, yeah. and this is considered morning. My my weekends, I, I like to sleep in until about 12 to 1 o'clock. So, obviously, I can't do that. So, <laughs> I'm a little, I guess. Yeah, little, on, on time is late to me. Like, okay. I'm, I'm like no, no, you're right, you're right. You know, so, I guess, like, I guess we can say late. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're, like, pulling up, like, right on time, to me, that's late. So, I, I'm, I like to be here a little bit earlier. And uh, I don't know what happened today, this morning. I was up. I was in my bed, you know, that rain. I think the rain. I, I, I was pushing it pretty close this morning, yeah, too. We have I didn't want to inside get up. the huddle. I didn't want to get up. When you hear that rain <laughs> yeah. early in the morning like that, that snooze yeah. button's a little more tempting. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, you know, here in Lincoln, you know, what I've learned is that there's, uh, you know, there's every season within one day. <laughs> so, you know, all through the night, it's raining. It's uh, you, hear, you hear the rain hitting on your window and – you know, you're comfortable and you're laid up. So by the time it was time for me to actually get up and start moving or get come outside, the sun was nice and bright like it was a summer day. So mm-hmm. I was just confused. I, I already had my rain gear ready, my hoodie ready to go on, <laughs> and I had to change my whole fit. Like, oh, it's sunny out. Yeah. So welcome to Nebraska. Yeah, what's that weather been like for you, Ramel? I'm just kind of curious. I love people coming to Nebraska and just – you know, you might end up visiting on a nice day, but to get that longevity-wise, it's usually up and down. Yeah, at first for me, so obviously I got here last year in the summer, so mm-hmm. um, I feel like it was way hotter last year in the summer. Yeah, it was. I don't know I don't know if I'm tripping or not, but the humidity and the heat was way different last summer, and I was not used to it. It was, <laughs> it was not fun. You know, I, it was hot, I was sweating, and then it would just start raining. I feel like there was more thunderstorms at night. It was Last summer was very different. It was not fun for me. But this summer, has a, the weather has been a little bit different, I feel like. So I'm getting used to it, though. Yeah, it's been nice. And, again, if you guys want to join the show, hit up the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. And we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951 if you guys want to ask Ramel Lloyd, Jr. or Sr., any questions. Uh, but you guys were in last week. You said you talked a little bit about the Summer League, yep. so we don't have to dive into that one too much. But uh, just quick fill me in. Uh, what would you guys all talk about last week? And we kind of break off from there and keep it going. Uh, yeah, last week I think we talked a little bit about uh, Wimby, um, you know, what, what his performance was like, mm-hmm. you know, what we thought about him moving forward in the future. We thought about some and talked about some of the uh, kids that actually Romel grew up playing with and against, uh, some of his old teammates. Uh, so it was just overall, it was just good. It's just good to see, especially for me, 
because as you know, mostly I've coached Ramel since he's been young. Mm -hmm. So I've uh, been able to coach against a lot of those kids, develop relationships with a lot of their parents and a lot of other coaches. So, And I've been following their careers as well since they've been like 10 years old. So to see those guys uh, in the summer league for me, you know, it, it brings a sense of being proud of that they're made it and, um, you know, knowing that we're also right on the right track. All right, let me let me double down on that then, because especially with you and Ramel taking him around, doing some of that travel ball stuff, trying mm -hmm. to get him, I I do worry that with some of the travel ball, the goals aren't necessarily there. If you have a guy like uh -huh. Ramel Lloyd Senior who's seen it and knows where to go, it works out a little bit better. But some of these parents that don't really know where to send their kid with this travel ball stuff. Yeah the dollar signs and then is that coach actually qualified to get that kid to right. the next level with the amount of money they're getting you know so when there's young kids growing up doing the travel ball stuff you know what are you looking for when you're setting Ramel up in those situations right yeah we we talked just a little bit about that but this topic is always relevant you know we always mm -hmm. can continue to to dive into this topic a little bit uh you know as far as it's when Romel was when Romel was really young, you know, it was easy because I was his coach himself, so I didn't have to worry about sending him to any particular place, right? Because I I did it, right. you know, I took care of him. I had we had great teams, and we were able to travel and compete. Uh, the funny thing, the funny thing about AAU and coaches is that any other organization that you work with um, to be involved with kids, you have to take a, a background check of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, you do. For AAU, as as for sanctioned events, if that makes any sense. But a yeah. lot of a lot of those events are not, and you know, essentially anybody could be <laughs> could be the coach. I could be the right? coach. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what always know, my concern. You know, yeah. if you're doing this, you're taking it seriously, right? And the parent might not necessarily know. Like a guy like you is gonna be able to kind of pick that out and see right away. Like, oh, he can't coach. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's it's two different aspects of AAU, though. You know, and just travel ball in general. You know, a lot of people expect for AAU and travel ball coaches to, to teach and coach, and, and that's great. All of that is great, and that's a bonus, and that's kind of how it was when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. We went to camps to actually learn how to play. We went to exactly. drills, uh, and we went for teaching. AAU now is pretty much essentially for exposure, right? right. So people don't care as much as the guys can – if people can coach or if they translate in the right message uh, – you're supposed to really do your own work on your own and get your game prepared. And AAU circuit is more for exposure. So just for you to go play, okay. go to get ranked, go to get recruited, things of that nature. So it's just a, it's just a little bit different. My, my goal would be to find uh, a nice balance between a coach that actually knows what he's doing, has some experience, uh, to make sure that they're giving your child the right information as well as exposing him to the things that him or her to the things that they need to be exposed to as far as recruitment, because that's the that's the bottom line mm -hmm. is trying to get a scholarship to uh, to a college, right? All the other stuff is nice to have, but at the end of the day, your sole purpose is supposed to be in order to gain a scholarship. Yeah, I, I do like diving into that topic because you've talked about it before. Uh, in terms of like the u.s players getting ready for the nba mm -hmm. it kind of feels like some of those foreign countries are getting an edge whether it's those guys like luca playing pro ball early right, right. um you see it with victor playing in the front and the france pro league he yep. had some reps in there um so again i i do wonder ramel i want to ask you with the travel ball stuff you know obviously it looks like it's working for you now what went well during your time like what are the skills that you picked up doing travel ball you know that if someone is skeptical about it would give them a little bit of hope 
I would say just playing. I mean, the biggest part about child ball is you get a lot of reps at a young age. You get a lot of experience playing at high-level games mm-hmm. and things like that. So for me, I mean, I, I grew up at some, a young age. I was 8 eight to 14 years old in travel ball in middle school, elementary, and I was playing at the highest level possible for my age group. So for me, that, that experience of just growing up, always playing against other really good guys and, and, and bigger games, per se, in the AAU world. I mean, at the time, it meant everything to us. Now I don't even remember what those <laughs> big tournaments were called and things like that. Yeah. But at the time, it was everything. So just the experience of playing. I, play, I used to play eight, nine, ten games a weekend sometimes from this team, this age group, this age group. So for me, I just felt like just as a young player, I think, the biggest thing you can do besides training and all that, at a young age, I just feel like you should just play, 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 play. Yeah. And then when you get older, obviously, you might want to cut it up, cut it down a little bit. But at a young age, just play. And I feel like that's how you get better at that age more than anything else. Yeah. yeah sure. So how do you see that? Like, when you were watching, you know, Ramel Lloyd Jr. playing basketball, I think a lot of parents – are out there they're maybe not sure or if they're ready to take the next level what do you see out there when you see a kid playing and he's like okay he actually does need to take a step up and play against more competitive teams uh-huh. yeah we touched we touched on this a little bit as well you know i i think our our philosophy and my philosophy is to uh allow the kids to play both their age group and also play up um simultaneously okay uh so you know, one thing is that they're always understanding about how to compete at a higher level, right, where it's not so easy for them. Uh, you know, obviously when you're young, uh, the difference between one, uh, two or three years is is huge, right, mm-hmm. just as far as the physical development is concerned. Uh, so even if you're playing up and you're not playing against the best competition, just playing against the physicality and the size is going to help you continue to, to uh, you know, hone your skills. And then you also have to play down to your level of competition so you can understand where you're at so kids can stay confident and they can stay dominant if they have that kind of skill set. You don't want kids to lose their confidence or automatically learn how to play a role at such a young age because they're playing constantly up all the time and they don't understand. Uh, You know, because it's a mindset, right? If you go up, um, maybe they just stick you in that corner to shoot threes Mm because you're not physically ready to handle the ball against the defense or whatever the case may be. And sometimes you get caught in that whole uh, p- playing style like that. That's how you begin to play. So you, you have to continue to play your age group so you can be creative. You know, creativity at a young age uh, is one of the most important things in basketball. Yeah, look and at Jokic play. It, it speaks for itself. Exactly. You have to have free creativity. Right. Uh, and that doesn't mean you're always going to grow up and be uh, be that player that has the ball in his hand all the time and have that free creativity. But you have to find yourself at a young age. Like I always taught my young teams, there's no positions right now. I'll be like, I, I ask everybody to raise a hand. Oh, who's the point guards here? Who's the two guards? And I make them raise their hands. Uh, and I said, no, there's no positions because half of these kids, we don't know what you're going to turn out to be. You know, so the biggest biggest problem most people have if a kid has a little height when they're a little young, they stick them down in a post or they make them big. And, you know, Europeans have been doing developing that style forever where they play positionless basketball. And I think that the style of play now in the NBA has changed to that, and that's where a lot of their success is coming from. Yeah, I like that. It always is weird to me, especially because I remember, you know, playing Little League basketball and they're kind of slotting mm-hmm. guys in positions. And like you said – 
end up playing center my entire career. Right, six exactly. two, not not really getting it done at six uh, two. Absolutely. I stopped growing pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. But so. that's the role you learn how to play. Right. So when it's time to be outside that role, it's like, well, I'm a junior in high school. I've never. No, it's I may be on the wing taking two threes a game. That's about it. That's, that's all it. you're getting that, from that, me. Yeah, that's it. You know, so you know, you always want to avoid that trap of. Uh, and we go back again to talking about coaches that understand what they're doing and coaching kids at a young age. Like those guys who just sticking those kids in the post, they're just doing them a disservice because, uh, you know, like you said, you may they might stop growing at six two. They mm-hmm. may, you know, even if they do grow to be big, their skill set. Uh, you need all around skill set to play these days. And you look at the draft the last couple of years. Uh, last year, let's think about last year. Who who were some of the best players in college basketball was. Uh, what's the big fella name from Gonzaga? Timmy. Yeah, didn't get. Uh, Timmy didn't get drafted. Timmy, he's a big. Didn't yep. get drafted. Uh, big fella from UConn. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, I, I can't I, remember I, his I, name. Let me pull up the some last year's draft because there's a like there's multiple. There's like five or six that centers yeah. that were completely dominant in college Oscar and Sheway. didn't even get drafted. Sheway. Sheway. He was a player of the year. Sonogo is from UConn. Yeah, let's go back to the Big Ten with big fella um, from Illinois. I mean, if he if he Ooh. came out uh, from Illinois, uh, he was he been out for no no my man from Coffee, oh uh, Coffee yeah uh, Coburn. No, Coburn right if he came out of college in my days he would be a lottery pick yeah, yeah I don't think sure. he got drafted right did he get drafted no, no he didn't he did not he get didn't drafted. get drafted no, no. I'm looking he trying to find right now but you no. gotta you gotta be like uber athletic and. Yeah, well, it's either it's either you're a super big skilled or you are a rim protector lob threat. No, I will say this: one or two. Kenneth Lofton Jr. is giving me hope. Okay. He kind of plays that. I, he's on the Memphis Grizzlies summer league team. It's the yeah. second year. You know, he still plays that old school center, and he's dropping twenty five. He's the guy yeah. that gave Chet problems. No, I know exactly who he yeah. is, but I think his game is extremely unique. He does okay. everything as well. He doesn't. He's not typically just facing up. I mean, with his back to the basket and being big. I yeah, mean, fair enough. He has a unique body. He ha- he can handle the ball. You know, he has a unique skill set. I think that's he's not a typical big as well. Yeah, right. He, yeah, he does. He can he can take you out to a three point line yep. jab. Cross, or, yeah, he, he has a little game. bit of everything. Yeah, Someone play. like him with his body type, you can't really, you can't really uh, duplicate that. Like he's mm-hmm. a one of a kind build, one of a kind guy because his his whole game is just unorthodox in terms of. Well, he didn't get drafted either, did he? No, he didn't. No, he got he got picked <laughs> yeah. up. By right, the he got picked yeah. out. Of I chance, mean, that's but. that's also a thing too. I mean, a lot of guys are getting undrafted, going undrafted, but still getting the same contract yep. as guys that do get drafted right. because of the two way situation. So it's almost. It's almost going in second round and going undrafted and getting a two way. It's almost the same thing now. Like, Could I be, mean, right? close. It really? just, I mean, it depends on who your agent is and what you do. Oh. But there's a lot of guys. I mean, that went 42, and then there's guys that didn't get drafted at all, and they got the same contract. Yeah. So, well, like you, like you said, man, a good point is the agencies because nowadays people uh, agents are actually calling teams saying not to draft their their uh their player because they already have something set up for them mm-hmm. as a free agent exactly. or whatever so uh, a lot of a lot of you know the second round is, is kind of a little crazy because people think oh he didn't get drafted he didn't get drafted but a lot of times they're they're told not to draft that certain player yeah i think people so. do forget some of these agents it seems kind of preposterous but these these nba organizations they do kind of work with their agents at times depending on who you are kind of knowing that down the road hopefully you kind of link them back up later or like you yeah, said absolutely. it's kind of in play already that's oh, gonna yeah, happen yeah, just, absolutely. Just, just like everything else in life is all about relationships yeah yep. you know who you, you know what i'm saying who you cool with so 
the end of the day, if you go undrafted and your agent has to connect with this team or not, you might even get a better deal than you would get if you did get drafted. You got drafted, mm-hmm. yeah. Because now, cause now you're a free agent, so you have all the room in the world to just make your own deal. You might get a four-year, seven million. You see guys go undrafted, get stuff like that. So, it's yeah, which is great, by the way. No, I mean I it's, it's dope. Yeah, I love that. Then, then uh, uh, Cliff Levenstein, he just got the highest uh, pick contract. He was the last pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And he and just they signed some crazy four years, yeah. something the highest ever for the last pick of the draft, guaranteed money. Yep. And uh, so. real quick, we do have one from Sanderson on the text line. So he says, "So I have been a coach for my son's youth team for a few years. We are guilty of this because size is such a premium thing to find. We put the tallest kids in the post. Hard to get away from that at this level. And there is some truth to that. I mean, hey, yeah, if you got a sure. tall kid and he's got that advantage, let him get work around the rim. That's not going to hurt him. Yeah, it, right. it just don't limit him. I, I would say, thing. I would say." I mean, obviously, it's AAU, so you have a lot of games, a lot of room to wiggle things around. Yeah. I would just say, obviously, allow them to um, play to their strengths right now a little bit, but definitely just try to make sure that they're doing other things. I mean, yeah. even the guys that say you're – even your guards that you have at this young age, put them in the post sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just, just completely switch around, do whatever. I mean, this is a time when you're young. It's just a time to honestly expand your game in any way, so – I would just say switch around, do whatever, and just see what happens, right, Pops? Yeah, no, I mean, you know what? He's right because at this age, if you have size, you have to take advantage of that size. But what we're saying is not necessarily don't put them in position to be a forward or center, whatever. That's fine, but don't limit their games to being a forward or center. Exactly. If that makes sense. So if if don't you know if they get a rebound. They should be allowed to push instead mm-hmm. of just trying to find a point yeah, guard yeah. and run the floor, right? And even right, and yeah. even if, even if early they make a couple mistakes, okay. allow them to make it's those okay. mistakes yeah. this for is the long run. Time. Yeah, for the long you know, run. If allow they got a wide open three and they the center, the biggest guy on the court, you got to let them shoot that three, yeah, right? You can't exactly. you can't be like, well, there's nobody down in the rebound. So I'm not saying like the guys that, like if he's bigger than everyone else, they're probably going to play a bigger bigger spot as far as forward or center or whatever. But still allow them to explore their game is what what we're saying. You know, it kills. Kills me when those big guys get a rebound and they're just standing there uh, looking for an outlet for a guard. Yeah, and like in the fifth grade. When like, you got a fast break ready to go, <laughs> yeah, go ahead yeah. and rebound and push. If you make a couple mistakes, it's okay because most likely that center is going to be a guard when he gets to high school or whatever the case may be. I mean, that's just that's just a fact. It's not <laughs> guys don't go up to six <laughs> miles. Yeah. You know, so. I, I could have been the same way. I mean, I was oh, yeah. what I was huge my whole elementary through middle school. And I, I don't think I've grown really since sophomore year, freshman year, yeah, high school. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe a little bit. You've like been about inch, six, four, six, but I've five, been six four grade. to six six since I've been mm-hmm. in the seventh grade. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, well, if I'm six four in the seventh grade, obviously you're gonna think, well, man, he's gonna be six nine, six ten. I maxed out at six six. Yeah. And I would have been right with everybody else having the ball <laughs> in my head, not knowing what to do with it when I get a rebound. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I just say just develop all your skills no matter what size or whatever whatever position you're playing right now. Just always develop your skills. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, too, just uh, continue to develop all your skills. And if your kid's tall, you know, it doesn't hurt to keep them at that around the rim. But like you said, doing those drills I think are important. Like at a young age, don't separate. Like, okay, fives, come over here. We're going to do right. mic and drill. Yeah, right. yeah, no doubt. 30 right. minutes. Like yeah. you spread all those drills out because, yeah. you know, and – I remember my high school basketball team, C2 Nebraska, keep in mind, it's not like we were throwing it down every okay. other play. But, <laughs> you know, we figured out, you know, just doing – everyone doing all the drills, we didn't really split it up that much. Our yeah. shorter guards were actually great post players. Yeah. So it turned sure. into a mismatch. It didn't yeah. look like it. He came down the court, but it's like, hey, if he's going to – 
play behind him, we'll just send our point guard down the post up Absolutely. and just an easy mismatch. Even yeah, though, yeah. you know, the height height's the same, that guy's just not used to playing post yeah, defense. You, exactly. see, you see last year, uh, Penn State, Jalen yeah. Pickett, he, he was about 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", and he was posting up centers. <laughs> Everybody. Like, he didn't care who it was. Like, he <laughs> seen you on that island, you could be 6'10", 6'9", he was posting yeah, you up, yeah. and it, it was it was working. You can even throw it to Sam Greasel. Yeah, you know, he Greasel. did a lot of work exactly. in the base. Greasel, they would put forwards on Sam, and mm-hmm. Sam would get down there and, and do the same thing, because post isn't always about height. You know, yeah. it's, it's, post is a very skilled place to be. So, you, if you have the touch and the skill and just the uh, feel down there, it doesn't matter how big or tall you are, and uh, vice versa. So, Absolutely. And that's a good point to go ahead and hit our first break. This is Lloyds and Lincoln. we got the host, Ramel Lloyd Jr., Ramel Lloyd Sr., both in studio. As always, I'm Harrison pushing the ones and twos. We'll go to break. Lloyds and Lincoln, take a weekend. We'll be back in a little bit.